Ladies and gentlemen, we are back recording a podcast. Ben Goldstein, how you doing? Hey, Andrew, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Good. Great to hear your voice. Yeah, really good to hear your voice, too. I'm glad that uh, we're off to a hot start here. No problems, no nothing, just ready to go. Ready to talk some football. Just a couple hot boys talking football during the offseason. Free agency in full swing and, quite frankly, close to being over. NFL draft continues to heat up post-combine, post-pro days. So we figured we'd hop on the mic, start talking a little bit of football. What a time to be alive. Friday, March 24th, 4.02 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. 3.02 p.m. Pacific Time, 6.02 p.m. Eastern Time. Before we get into football, Ben, let me hear four picks for tonight's March Madness games. Oh, I, uh, I actually just laid these down. Let me go to FanDuel's really quickly and just bring That's a good point. Up. I should get my bets in. <clears throat> I just laid these down like 30 minutes ago after I got home from walking Gigi. Let me just get these GG. up. Here we go. Okay, so I have – I'm taking all dogs tonight. San Diego plus six and a half, Miami money line, Princeton plus ten and a half, and Xavier plus four and a half. I'm taking all dogs. Okay. I'm probably you know fuck, say. fuck it. Dogs are barking. Nope. All dogs go to heaven. Um, uh, that too. I like that a lot, Ben. <clears throat> I definitely want San Diego State to keep it close. I don't have a problem with Alabama. And frankly, I think the whole thing, like surrounding like the murder, is just kind of very ironic. So yeah. the longer they're in it, there's more, you know, spice. But um, yeah. I like it. I didn't touch that spread personally. Don't really know what's going to happen there. Yeah, definitely. That was kind of ha- I did, but straight bet yeah, wise, like Miami. Miami is high on high on the list yes. for me tonight. Yeah, Miami money line, Miami to cover, all over, and it's all about the U. I'm wearing my green and orange tie dye shirt. Love that. Um, once it gets a little bit colder, I actually have a, uh, you know, like crew neck sweaters, like the ones that don't have hoods. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I have one of those. It's legitimately Miami basketball, not even football. Oh, Everyone knows, that. you know, I kind of, I ride harder with the football team, but here yeah. we are. Yeah. Also, uh, shout out to the Miami women's basketball team, uh, specifically the Cavender twins for their big yeah. win today. Yes. Ma- Shush the crowd. Yeah. Shush the crowd the other day. Yeah. They did. Yeah, they hit that. One yeah, of them yeah. hit the free throw Attitude. and then shuts the free throw well. I mean, look at them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I love those old crew necks from like the 90s. Is that what it is? So we're going to put that on. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's from the 90s. I definitely got but, it more recently. You know what I'm but saying? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I get yeah, you. I got yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's. Larry and I got like, I'm not, you know, so here's the thing. I've, like, I'm not as knowledgeable in college basketball as I was once was. Um, but I like Jim Laranego a lot. And mm-hmm. another thing with the San Diego State, you know, basketball team is like after they uh who they just whoop up on, they just whooped up on someone who they just whoop up Kansas. Like, who they just San Diego State? Yeah, no, they, they just... played they played Furman, I believe, in the second round. Okay, and they whooped up on him. <laughs> and I mean they really whooped up on him. And like I just remember after the game, everyone was just like this is like a team with a bunch of like grown men on it. So like, I just feel like you know physically they can hang around with Alabama. Like, I don't know if they're good enough to hang out, hang around, but physically they are. I feel like you know. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. They got a kid from uh, kid from Marin. On the yes, team. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, we love that. 
So anyway, I like all those picks, Ben. Princeton covering, obviously, I have no idea what's going to happen in that game because they shouldn't yeah. be this good. But here we are. Uh, I do a lot. Yeah, I do like Texas over Xavier. That's just a personal thing. Yeah. Um, you know, Sean Miller does does coach Xavier. Kind of tired. Honestly, my biggest thing, I'm not even as anti-Sean. It's the fact that Kennesaw State had that game against Xavier. Yeah, and just right. blew yeah, it yeah. at the end in the first yeah. round. Like, they had it. Yeah. And I had Kennesaw winning in that in my bracket in the first round. That would have been a nice little feather in the cap. Yeah. Anyway, hook them horns. Glad we covered college basketball. I just put in a parlay. You love to see it. Um, let's go ahead and throw a little bit on Miami Moneyline, too, just to feel something. Okay. Got a couple yeah. bets in before these games tip off here shortly. Uh, ben, do you want to start with NFL free agency or NFL draft? Let's do free agency first. Let's. Why not? I didn't really know the best way to organize this. We are going to, you know, take this on a fantasy slant. Um, what I was thinking is at the end, we can highlight some of our favorite signings that sure. aren't fantasy related, like offensive linemen, defensive players, things like that. Um, just because obviously there's way more to it. I didn't know exactly how to format it. So ultimately just went team by team alphabetical order um, and kind of tried to just write down like who was gone versus who signed and things like that. Um, and then we'll kind of do a little bit of a stock up, stock down, and neutral um, from a fantasy perspective. Okay. Uh, ben, the Arizona Cardinals are in an interesting place. Uh, as far as their moves, I said N.A. because um, they didn't make any as far as skill position players. They do have one elephant in the room, and that's DeAndre Hopkins uh, asking for a trade. You'd like to think that's going to happen relatively soon. I don't know what the holdup is. If, if you're a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, as talented as he is, you don't really want to wait until after the draft to be traded because then people are thinking about filling holes with younger guys in the draft that are cheaper. Um, who do you think Who do you think trades for him, Ben? <sighs> it's, it's getting kind of tough. It's, things are starting to narrow down here a little bit, and I feel like – it's kind of slim pickings now. I feel like it's almost like a luxury pick, a luxury, you know, trade at this point for a team. Um, but, I mean, I know you said the Patriots don't, you know, not the Patriots. That, that, that's like, just the one that you hear the most often. I get it, but honestly, I feel like I feel like that's not his vibe. just doesn't seem like a place he would really want to go, to be honest with you. Well, um, what's interesting to me too, Ben, is they brought back that, uh, Bill O'Brien, right, as the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Who had to have been Hawkins's coach in Houston. So I feel That's like it true. all depends on did they have a good relationship or not. I feel like near the end of his time in Houston, he no. wasn't that happy. No. Now, I don't know if they had already moved on, but I, that yeah. to me would be like a big reason why it wouldn't happen. I'm just kind of like trying to rack my brain right now. You know who, who would be sick? I don't think it would happen, but – I mean, you know what? If you offered, fuck it, pick six, which seems very high for Hopkins. I don't think it would ever happen. But the Lions, the Lions would be kind of yeah. sick. I think even if the Lions offered, I think it's going to be a second or third rounder. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we know how veteran trades work. I think the Lions would be a good spot as well. Um, I'm not just saying this because everyone says it, but like, I do think the Chiefs, not that people are tying Hopkins to the Chiefs, but. Mm-hmm. They clearly don't have anyone like him in the slightest. And frankly, they haven't like with Mahomes. Like obviously Kelsey's an incredible red zone target, yeah. but they really well, don't Justin have Ross. Like, uh... <laughs> Justin Ross. Hopefully our <laughs> hopefully our betters 
had an over two and a half mentions of Justin Ross on this podcast because I even have it typed in later <laughs> in the notes. Um, they haven't had, they've got Sky Moore, they've got, they just let go of Nicole Hardman. Um, who's the other? Uh, Canarius Tony, right? They've got a bunch of small receivers now. They let Juju walk. It just seems like it would make a lot of sense. I know cap wise, that'd probably be hard to pull off. And I feel like that's the biggest issue for a lot of these teams. If it's not one of those situations, I don't necessarily see him going back to like the Texans per se, but one of these teams like the Texans, like the Panthers, like the Colts, you know, one of these teams that's going to end up with one of these top quarterbacks, those are the teams like we've talked about that have some of the weakest receiving cores. Um, so as much as he might not want to play in like a rebuilding situation, I, I could see that those are teams with cap space and young quarterback and poor receiving rooms. I don't know. Yeah. It could make sense. We'll see. Um, ben, let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons. The very first move on that first day of free agency, they traded for Jonu Smith. Um, later in free agency, they signed Taylor Heineke as a backup quarterback to Desmond Ritter. They signed Mac Hollins, the receiver from the Las Vegas Raiders. Did actually have a solid year last year. Um, so obviously those moves don't impact fantasy very much. All I would kind of say is I do think it's decent for Jonu as much as Kyle Pitts is there simply because he's reunited with Arthur Smith, who was his coach in Tennessee. That's when he had his best years. You know, plenty of teams have shown the ability to utilize multiple tight ends. Uh, the Falcons in general kind of seem to have big personnel on the field a lot. Um, at least watching them last season. Heineke, Heineke is kind of irrelevant, obviously from fantasy purposes and it's not like john who's like go out and like get him by any means but like say pitts gets injured again or all of a sudden he's becoming kind of a red zone threat who knows um mac collins mac collins um yeah he becomes the third or fourth target there i do think like outside of drake london they did need to add another piece i want to say zacchaeus is a free agent um so i do like the idea of them adding another receiver on the other side not that i think mac collins is like a good second receiver but again with Pitts, he's basically a wide receiver one wide receiver two depending on how you split it so that's my yeah i uh i like the heineke uh signing because i think he's one of the better backups in the league that's for sure yep um and if for some reason all goes wrong with desmond ritter or whoever you start there this season i'm guessing it's ritter then you got a viable backup who's going to, you know, make it somewhat competitive for you this season and, you know, mm-hmm. probably keep you in some games here and there. So I don't, I, I like that signing. Um, I agree. The Jonu signing is interesting because, I mean, the only place that I've, the only place that he really ever flourished was Tennessee and it was maybe for like a year and a half, maybe for like two years and he was good. Right. Um, That's the only place he played previously, right? Other than the Patriots? Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then he went to the Patriots, and then it just all yeah, went you know, downhill. Um, so I assume that's uphill at this point, and it can only be uphill. And, you know, I, I don't, yeah. like, I'm not a big fan of Desmond Ritter, so I'm not sure, but it has to be uphill. And then Mac Hollins, like you said, Mac Hollins, and he's going to be a decent, you know, third, right. fourth wide receiver. Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I've talked about the Falcons a lot just because I'm fascinated by them because I do like Drake London. But, um, you know, they seem, seemingly have taken themselves out of the QB market for now. Um, I still think it would be like 
honestly, like, think about how sick it would be, and we'll get in a lot into the quarterbacks, but, like, why don't they just, like, trade up to three, and if Anthony Richardson happens to be there, they take him, get rid of, tell Ritter to kick rocks, um, and then, like, start Heineke for a year while waiting for Richardson to develop. Like, that would actually be really fucking sick. Because, like, the other scenario, to me, if they're not going to go in on a quarterback this year, which it doesn't appear that they're going to, is, like, they need to be bad enough to get Caleb Williams next year. And I know a lot of people like Drake May as well, so maybe that's the solution. I haven't seen nearly as much out of him compared to Williams. But it's, like, if they go multiple years in a row without having a guy, like, I just don't know what the answer is unless all of a sudden Lamar and, you know, the Ravens truly becomes yeah. a problem. Um I, I don't know. It's just, it's very odd. Like not to say that you can't draft like a tight end in the top 10 and a receiver in the top 10, but to do yeah. both of those things and just like not have a quarterback in place at all, or like not be aggressive to get one. It's just, it's just fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, speaking of Lamar, Ben, the Baltimore Ravens, what a fun off season to be a Ravens fan, huh? Uh, let's just first get this out of the way. They did sign Nelson Aguilar today. We had, there's the internet loved it. There was some great content in oh. the, group text today really good stuff i actually like nelson aguilar coming out of usc but he just clearly has not been that good um that being said ben i have him as a stock up fantasy wise because there are very few receivers in baltimore um not, yeah. that, not that there were good receivers in new england but like it's like kind of an upgrade i guess yeah i feel like it's uh it can't go down i guess is what i'm thinking they'll probably uh, draft a guy too um yeah. but talk to me about the lamar saga like they place the non-exclusive. Obviously, everything comes out that, like, for whatever reason, like, teams are all saying we're out on, you know, the whole yeah, giving up two first-round picks, negotiating the contract. Is the thought, you know, that everyone thinks Baltimore is just, like, going to have other teams do the negotiating for them and, like, kind of get the easy way out? Like, what's the deal, you know? Yeah, and then this Ken Francis thing is another fold into the saga that's been interesting. Oh, that's chapter. right. I forgot about that. Um, that's been interesting. So, uh, I, I like I really don't know. I, I have no clue. Um, Lamar it would really, really help if he had an agent, I feel like. Yeah, he really seems to be shooting himself in the foot. I mean, there's been tons of guys who ha- don't ha- didn't have agents and didn't, like, yeah, have this true. bad of negotiations like ever. Like I, I think Sherman Wagner, um, they all did it by themselves. And like, I mean, Wagner is like a very high class guy, like very low key guy. I feel like so I get him not really. He's still creative. Like yeah, uh, he is. Yeah, he's gonna be a bit. He's gonna be a nice signing for someone that gets him. Um, and then Sherman, you know, Sherman was pretty confident in himself, and I think he's he's intelligent. He's a very smart guy, and. I think he thought he could do it. Um, I don't oh, – listen, I don't know a ton about Lamar. Um, yeah. He seems somewhat intelligent to me. He seems like he could handle himself, but it's not going very well. So it seems like maybe he's having trouble with something. I don't know if he's surrounding himself with the wrong group of people, like business-wise, friend-wise, social-wise. I don't know. But <clears> – <throat> I mean, it, it, it seems odd to me that not only are the Ravens out on him, but other teams are out on him. That's where it even gets more interesting to me. It's like, I, yeah. it's, it seems odd to I me think- that some team that the Cleveland Browns would pony up nearly $300 million to, you know, Deshaun yeah. Watson <laughs> off, off, a, off a case, you know, where he's, you know, supposedly raped like, you know, 20-some mazooses. 
And then meanwhile, Lamar can't even get like two first round picks for him. So I don't know. Doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I feel like I'm missing something. There's something behind the scenes that we're not hearing about. I don't know, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. The Deshaun contract just kind of fucked everything over. But yeah, I, I think the biggest thing, I, I think it's not like the team's not being interested because you can go down the list. I mean, the fucking, the Jets for starters, like I feel like if I were the Jets, I would much rather do the two first rounders for Lamar with that young core that they have than bring on, you know, 39 year old Aaron Rodgers for a year, maybe two. Um, you know, some of the other teams that are in the top 10, the Colts would make a ton of sense to do that. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams that I think would make a lot of sense. I think it's all because behind the scenes, everyone knows that, like, it's a tactic maybe that the Ravens are using to, like, have other people negotiate for him. And correct me if I'm wrong, but by doing that non-exclusive franchise tag, basically the two options if he doesn't get traded are he either plays under that tag and makes whatever, 30-something million, or they can still agree to an extension, like, at any point now, Correct. I th- like that's not yeah. off the table. I don't believe. Like they no, can think... still come to an agreement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. So, so maybe you know, maybe time passes and they ultimately like no one ends up making any offers. No one tries to negotiate the contract for them. I mean, once the draft passes, I feel like it's kind of a moot point because now you're talking about picks in 2024 and 2025, um, which I don't know. Maybe that becomes more attractive to people. But anyway. We move on. We will see what the saga brings. Quick one here. I'm sure Nelson Aguilar will help keep him around. <laughs> exactly. That is the thought. That was. I do love that uh, flex seal meme. That's one of my favorites on the internet. That without question. Meme. Flex seals. I used to sell yeah, one of flex it's seals. And at a, at Home Depot, it is really a go product. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's a legend. Their commercials are awesome. Uh, Buffalo Bills. Oh, a lot to talk great. about here. Signed Deontay Hardy, who used to be a different name, Deontay Harris. The guy on the Saints, like number 10, I think. That's a great question. Um, anyway, they also signed Trent Sherfield from the Dolphins. I kind of like that signing. Right? I kind of like that. I, and then they signed Damian Harris. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Don't like Patriots. that. Um, I find the first two fascinating just because everyone's kind of been like quietly, not even quietly, but they've been saying, like, hey, like, Stephon Diggs is obviously great. He's not getting any younger. He's definitely not getting old. Um, Gabe Davis has, you know, proven himself to be just very slightly above average. And then we're like, okay, let's, like, get them another weapon. Dawson Knox is a solid tight end, but, you know, nothing spectacular. So you're kind of thinking, let's get them a weapon. Now, granted, I know they don't have a lot of cap space. I know they've talked about OBJ in the past, or at least they've been linked to it. That's still a possibility. I mean, I guess that's another team that could throw their hat in the D-hop. Um, you know, ring, but he would have to really restructure his contract to do that. Anyway, it's just yeah. fascinating to me. Yeah, and Buffalo were... sounds funny to me, but yeah. <laughs> it does, yeah. But, you know, him and Diggs, I don't know, it seems like it can work. True, um, true. Or that could way... go all the hell real quickly, I feel like. <laughs> Good. That could be either, um, like, that could be either, like, the best wires you were tandem, like, in the last 10 years, or, like, just absolute, like, yeah, just locker off. room hell. Yeah, I haven't heard that at all, so I've I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, yeah. It was just interesting to me, not that it was a strong receiver class as far as free agency, and maybe they'll nab one of these guys in the draft. Um, but they just, like, 
really hardly address the position. I do agree that sure yeah. feels like mildly interesting because he seems like a pretty decent player and he could step right into the third receiver role because Beasley's gone, Isaiah McKenzie's gone, Jamison Crowder's gone. So they really have nothing else other than those two guys. Um, Damian Harris is the other interesting one. I know this affects you from a dynasty perspective, Ben, as a James Cook owner. I think it's a, a pretty neutral move. Um, he's going from a Patriots team, like obviously he didn't have a good year last year, but it was also injured. A Patriots team where he was getting goal line carries, obviously had a good run in general there. Um, but a, basically from a mediocre offense to a good offense. However, there's another running back in place here. Again, I kind of feel like he's a short yardage, touchdown, goal line type back. Um, but at the same time, if James Cook blows up, like, you know, people think that he's going to, and obviously like you're hoping for, um, I think it'll be kind of a moot point because he probably won't be overly involved. Yeah, to be honest with you, I don't think, you know, I mean, if in today's NFL, no one is like a, you know, a single running back in an offense right. anymore. So. Except for Derek Henry. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense. So, I get it. James Cook is still in his second year. So, you know, it's, I don't think it's a bad signing in general. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And at the same time, he's not getting any younger. What was his – I know, obviously, you know the situation better than I do because you were Ramondre Stevenson owner. Harris was hurt for a decent amount of the year last year. In general, just didn't play as much because Stevenson kind of took over. Yeah, he got so he Harris got hurt, and well, they were kind of like split in 50 50, I would say, at the beginning. Like it was 60 40, 70 30, maybe Harris the first couple of weeks started getting more closer and closer. Harris got hurt, and then Ramondre really took over the job. Yep, makes sense. All right, let's keep it moving, Ben. What's nice is like the last five teams we have no notes on because like they didn't really do anything alphabetically yeah. this is a big one though ben carolina panthers obviously a busy off season here moved up to the number one pick um they signed andy dalton so that'll be either well i mean assumingly the backup of course but like in yeah. theory maybe they start dalton for the first handful of games while the rookie gets great, ready great mentor quarterback to have i feel like right absolutely great hair too uh, signed Miles Sanders. Good guy. That was, Good guy. That was one of the bigger free agent running back names. Probably yeah. the biggest one that actually switched teams considering Saquon and Pollard went back to their own teams and things like that. Uh, signed Adam Thielen. Signed Hayden Hurst. And then today, Ben, signed DJ Chark. Um, so kind of just a smattering of different things. They also traded away DJ Moore in that trade up to the, uh, to the first pick there. Uh, ben, lead us off on this one. How do you feel about some of these moves? Um, so yeah, I think we kind of spoke about Dalton. I think he's a great backup quarterback for the rookie that comes in at number one, um, which we'll discuss a little bit later. A rookie quarterback, um, you know, Miles Sanders. I think, you know, why not take a swing on him with your Carolina? Um, he's shown that he's a talented running back, he can carry, you know, a decent, you know, load of touches every season. Um, He's been relatively healthy his entire career, which is, you know, hard to do as a running back. Um, mm -hmm. So why not? Especially with, you know, McCaffrey gone. Um, and Hubbard's Steel. still there? Uh, yes. And, uh, so that's know, kind of their duo. Yeah, I don't think Hubbard showed that he was like a true RB1. Um, so I think Miles Sanders is probably that RB1. And then Hubbard, you know, will, you know, get 10 touches a game or something like that to kind of relieve him. Um mm -hmm. 
and some other guys will kind of pitch in here and there. Um, Adam Thielen, <clears throat> very interesting signing. Um, I still think he's got some game left to him. Uh, he kind of, you know, he, he definitely got, you know, he, listen, when you're in an offense with Justin Jefferson, like that's, you're going to definitely be the wide receiver too in a lot of instances. Um, and, you know, K.J. Osborne was probably ready to take over that wide receiver too. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Thielen can do with this rookie quarterback. Um, Thielen does seem like a type of wide receiver who's probably going to be good for a type of quarterback who's younger, um, more of a route runner type that, you know, will get open and try to get open for you. So uh, not just make you throw jump balls to him. So Thielen makes sense to me there. Um, Hurst, just another target, I guess. Um, I'm trying to think they have he's whatever Tommy Tremble. Yeah, they have Tommy Tremble, who's whatever, and it's whatever, I guess, you know, whatever. <laughs> just a lot uh, of DJ Tart, I think, was a one year deal. So, you know, I kind of like that one. He gives him some depth, and he might be like a wide receiver three, four option. Um, yeah, so why not? Yeah. No, it'll be interesting. Um, I think with the receivers, I think Thielen's like a stock up, and everyone knows I do not like Adam Thielen. But um, to go from an offense where you're very clear number two and on your way to being number three to still kind of like the 1A or 1B in this offense, I understand there's going to be a rookie quarterback. It's not going to be great. But, like, they also have to throw to someone. And I don't really see them addressing receiver, like, early in the draft. Obviously, they have the first pick. Um, They gave up a ton to get it. You know, I, I, they got a couple picks back from the Christian McCaffrey trade, but not like a haul. Um, so I just a team, I, you know, a team that has a fair amount of needs. I'm sure they'll draft a receiver, maybe two, you know, in the third mm. through seventh rounds. But I just don't see them bringing in another guy that's going to challenge Thielen or Chark. I, I really like the Chark signing. He's still pretty young. He's like 26. He hasn't shown like great flashes per se, but he's been kind of interesting this whole time. Um, really kind of took off near the end of the year with Goff in, in Detroit last year. So, I mean, if they get a guy, like, you know, if if Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson, I'm going to leave out Will Levis, obviously, but if one of those three guys they pick and is, like, a dude from day one, then, like, okay, you've got some interesting things. Because, again, even if they're a rookie quarterback who struggles and throws 15 interceptions but also throws, you know, 20-something touchdowns, 3,500 yards, whatever, like – people are need to, you know, catch those balls to get those yards. Like there's going to be statistics available for those guys. Yeah, fantasy wise, true. Miles Sanders, I would say just a slight stock down, but like, frankly, that was going to happen no matter what, purely because he's going from the Eagles offense and their great offensive line to the, to the Panthers who have an okay offensive line. I know they drafted the tackle at NC state last year um, and they run the ball pretty well. So I think it's, it's not like a huge stock down by any means. I think it's a really nice spot where he doesn't have a lot of competition. Um, so yeah, will be very interesting. Did you like? Did you think they gave up too much to move out to one? Uh, no, I didn't actually. Um, I thought it was big, a eight spots is a lot. Yeah, I thought it was a relatively fair trade uh, for both sides. Honestly, I, I think DJ Moore is a very, very solid part of that trade. Um, that really, you know, I think kind of balanced the sides. Um, getting back those, you know, what was it? they got back? Uh, nine and a twenty-four one, correct? Yeah, I believe so. And then they also got DJ Moore. <clears throat> DJ that Moore part was the weird part to me. I feel and like they, they also completed got, it. 
They got somewhere a two in it as well, I think, as well. Um, I think on face value, it felt kind of low um, for the number one pick. It felt like the Bears probably could have got a little bit more. But I think it, it really – DJ Moore, I think, in the league cost a lot more than people think, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, kind of. I would say I'm on the other end of the spectrum in the sense that I just think that the Carolina gave up too much. That's all. Um, So they gave up the ninth pick, the 61st pick. So that is a second rounder this year, but a later one, a 2024 one and a Mm -hmm. 2025 two and DJ Moore. See, to me, like, I know they probably would have needed to add another pick to the equation. I would have, I just don't understand the trading of DJ Moore when you're about to draft a quarterback at number one. If you could, because like we just talked about it, right, with DJ Chark and Adam Thielen, say that Moore is still there, the clear wide receiver one, an intriguing, not that old wide receiver two and DJ Chark, and then a really solid veteran wide receiver three and Thielen with Miles Sanders coming on, Hayden Hurst, rookie quarterback. All of a sudden, like you just feel so much better about that offense with him there to kind of complete the piece of like the best receiver on the team. I don't know. Maybe they couldn't have gotten it done without giving up DJ Moore. I just feel like if they could have thrown another pick in there instead of like a young, good receiver, that just would have made it feel better for me. But they're going up to get their guys. Do you think they would have had to give up a 25 one then? No, I don't think it. No, because they're already already gave up a one and a two. two, So what do you think DJ Moore was worth in that trade then pick wise? I think throw another, I think throw another two in there or a two and a three or something like that. Um, and just kind of mortgage some of those mid-round picks. But hard to say. I'm just saying I don't yeah. love it from the Carolina perspective. Like, it is what it is. They got up to number one. If they hit on this quarterback, like, it's going to be fine. Yeah, um, to be honest with you, I like the Bears side more, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's what I'm saying as well. Yeah, I, no, I like completely. the Bears side more for sure. I, I, just, didn't think it like a, back, I just didn't think it was, like, a terrible trade for Carolina. But, no, I, I – uh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I just I just wish that they had kept more in that deal. But also yeah. what's interesting to me um, is that they could, in theory, now I know they're not going to do this because of what, how they moved up. But, like, I think it would be really fun if they actually moved out of one. Um, say, like, the Colts got desperate or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Or one of those teams. And then recoup some of those picks and then still end up with a guy. But also, well, hey, like, we still of, got, what, like, I mean, a month we've ago, seen so. We've seen draft day. Like, obviously, yeah. like, you know. That's the perfect. Yeah, you never know when like Kevin Cosner is going to come in, and, like you know. <laughs> yeah, Vontae Mack, no matter what. All right, yeah. Ben. Perfect segue. The Chicago Bears. We wanted to spend a fair amount of time on Carolina there because um, they've obviously made some big moves. Chicago on the other end of that deal. We just talked about it. Traded for DJ Moore. Got back down to the ninth pick. Obviously, got a bunch of other picks. Um, and then they also signed Deontay Foreman. They signed Robert Tanyan. Um, they let go of or let David Montgomery walk. He ultimately went to the Lions. So now it's Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert as that backfield. Do you think Moore's stock is at all by going to Chicago? I I think it's I think it's on the rise. I do think it's on the rise with Justin Fields. I'm a believer in Justin Fields. I do think Justin Fields is going to become a good quarterback in this league. And I think DJ Moore is going to become his wide receiver one um, for 
plenty of years to come. So I like it. I think it's good for DJ yeah. Moore. Yeah, I feel a little bit better about it. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, if we were to redraft, I don't know if I would take well, – maybe I would. I don't know. I was going to say, would I take Justin Fields over every quarterback in this class, just knowing what we know? Um, probably. But we'll see. I might, like, I might like Stroud a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know. Either, either way, you get a guy that's been in the league for – he'll be in his third year next year. So much more adept to – ultimately give that guy the ball in that offense. So we'll see. Uh, Deontay Foreman, kind of interesting. He had, like, low-key a pretty solid year for the Panthers. He's still not super old. Um, I like Khalil Herbert. I just – I feel like that's probably going to be a pretty true 50-50 split. I don't know. Um, I mean, maybe a little bit of a lean towards Herbert. What do you think? I think a lean towards Herbert, but – I he has, doubt he's been good, but I can't say he's done enough to be like, oh, he needs like. Yeah, he has kind of vol- he has had the volume, so I wouldn't doubt if Foreman cuts into there. And man, the amount of times I've been wrong about who's going to lead the running back, and you know the the two running back and touches on on you know a certain team is astronomical at this point. So I'm always wrong. <laughs> <that shit. laughs> Love it. Uh, lastly, Robert Tanyan, end of an era trade. Actually, I'm yeah. surprised we didn't lead off the podcast talking about the trade that Joe and I made yesterday because that was a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tanyan to the Bears, who knows? He actually had like career highs in some statistics last season. Um, it's just kind of funny. Like every time I watch him, I'm like, he's pretty solid tight end. Um, he doesn't do anything spectacular, but like if yeah. he was playing in theory, if he was playing with an elite quarterback like that one year when he had 10 touchdowns, like he could repeat that. And then last year was just kind of weird. Like the Packers offense just wasn't good. Um, so this is like, I mean, definitely stock down because now he's competing with Cole Komet, who, you know, this podcast is famous for talking about, but, um, but you never know. I mean, I don't, I don't really know who's going to emerge. I, the bears are another team that I can see playing a lot of heavy personnel simply because they run the ball so much specifically yeah. with fields. So like, We'll see. Um, Scott, he's he's like a wild him. card to me. Depends on his Complete health. Complete wild card. Depends on yeah. his health. You know, he hasn't been very healthy since these last couple of years. Um, but he's shown that he, he can be, you know, a tight end one in this league. He really can. So it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> they do have Komet, like you said. So we'll see what happens there. I like Tony more than Komet. I mean, I'm biased, but, like, I don't know. He's shown me more in his career than Komet has. We'll see. We'll see yeah. how they uh, – they spray it. It was just an interesting signing altogether, to be honest. Uh, ben, Cincinnati Bengals, nothing to talk about here. Samaji P. Ryan did leave in free agency. They did sign Orlando Brown. That was probably the prize, you know, free agency uh, tackle. We'll we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that when we talk about non-fantasy players there. Keep it moving. Cleveland Browns traded for Elijah Moore. That was, what, yesterday, two days ago? I can't keep track yep. at this point. For me... I said stock down, but that's only in theory because Rodgers is going to the Jets. So, like, I don't, it just, I know he was kind of like battling in New York. It just kind of seemed like, why not just keep him around as like a young, talented receiver? Like, why not get rid of Corey Davis and make it Lazard, Garrett Wilson, and Elijah Moore with yeah. Aaron Rodgers? You're like clearly competing like now to win now. If you they didn't want to, like, they just, I have to go look at the snap counts, but like I feel like Moore just did not get playing didn't play time. much. Like he just for some reason just didn't play much. I don't know why. 
So maybe it was just time for everyone to move on in that situation. Um, yeah. And I guess for me, it's just the only way to go is up at this point. Um, That's true. He hasn't done enough to like. And you know, like, uh, like Will said, for the seven-week span there, he was wide receiver three or something like that. So, like, with with Joe Flacco and Mike White throwing the ball, so you never know. Like, he could just emerge yet again. Yeah. As for Cleveland, I mean, honestly, I liked Donovan Peoples-Jones enough the last year or so to where, like, sure, like, because they're such different body types, like, Moore, Cooper, and Peoples-Jones will all be on the field at the same time. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that, like, Moore is going to outperform DPJ. Like, Cooper's obviously the, the wide receiver one there. But, like, I don't know. I just haven't seen enough from Elijah Moore to be like, oh, all of a sudden, like, he's going to step into a good role there. Like, sure, it hurts David Bell because he kind of gets pushed down a little bit. But, like, the problem then is with this Browns offense, they look so mediocre to bad last year with Deshaun Watson but I just don't know what it's going to look like. Like, are we going to ever see him like he was in the past? Like, obviously his legs are a big part of what he does, but he was a, a very solid thrower for Houston as well and put up some big fantasy stats. I just don't know. Like, I, is this going to be an offense that can support two or three receivers in fantasy? I, I just don't know. We just haven't seen it. It's a good question. He looked pretty bad last year, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. So happy for Williams to have both of them, though, both the Sean yeah. and Elijah Moore together. Yikes. Dallas Cowboys, America's team, tagged Tony Pollard, released Ezekiel Elliott. That was slightly surprising to me. I know it had been talked about a lot, but I thought they had to wait one more year before they could get out of that contract. Traded for Brandon Cooks, like a fifth and a sixth round pick, classic NFL trade. I don't know why, but they signed Ronald Jones. I can't believe Ronald Jones got another opportunity, but here we are. Dalton Schultz also left in free agency. Ben, talk to me about what the Cowboys did this offseason. Uh, yeah, you know the meme uh, of Wolverine <laughs> laying in bed looking at the frame mm-hmm. and crying? Yeah. That's like Jerry that's Jones. Jerry with, Jones. <laughs> yeah, with really Zeke. Like, that's, that that's, like a verbal, that's like a verbal meme right there. Um, I, I, I think, you know, logistically it made a lot of sense to release Zeke. Um, but I am a little bit shocked they did it considering how much, like, Jerry Jones just – Love that guy. Wanted to make him the face of the Cowboys, I think. Um, so, you know, but I think it was time. Um, tagging Pollard makes a lot of sense. You know, big breakout year, I would say. Um, take another year. Do you year think he plays the whole year on the tag? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, I think so. I think they'll probably get something done in the next off season if they do. But at least they get to start something. This, this, yeah. you know, this. I th- and I don't know what shapes shape what, up something. Yeah, I don't know what the right approach is for running backs. Frankly, just in my opinion, like it's if tough. you could like lock them up right now to like a three year, you know, or a deal where you're you know only committed them for a max of three years or something like that. You know, maybe make it a four year contract, but with an easy out. It just seems like that would make so much more sense than, you know, he is coming off an injury as well. All of a sudden you play another year and now you're looking at a three or four year contract after that. I don't know. It just kind of seems like for both sides, might as well lock in as, you know, a big, your first big contract. He's still young, but like, let's, you know, make sure things are still going well in three years, you know, as opposed to, you know, 
committing yourself to potentially four or five, um, especially for a back that's not all that big. I don't know. It'll just be interesting. Yeah, I, I don't like the running back market is so, you know, it's not it's not out there. Um, no. I'm not sure, like, if you would get that sort of contract if you tried to go, you know, free agent wise. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, the tagging of him makes a lot of sense right now. And we'll see what happens with him. I don't really like. I don't. It's it's going to be interesting to see what they would do because. 25 years old, like you said, coming off an injury. I just, yeah, I don't know. But I'm excited to see what he will do this year um, in this offense. Mm-hmm. Um, the trading for Cooks, I think that solidifies that third receiver easily. Um, I think Cooks brings a nice element to the offense that they didn't have. Um, Rojo, whatever. Uh, Dalton Schultz. <laughs> We knew that was going to happen because Jay Ferguson time. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I, I mean, I like the trade for Cooks. Obviously, it also carries on the trend that outside. Well, actually, it doesn't because he just played for the Texans. I was going to say we always talk about how Brandon Cooks has played for a ton of teams and a ton of really successful ones, like the Saints. Like, was he on the Patriots for a second? Uh, no, but he was on the maybe Rams. not there. The Rams. Um, he was originally drafted by someone else, someone else, another good team. Um, he just has played for so many teams, uh, Dallas and other organizations. Like, okay, he was playing the for another, you're right. Yeah. He just played for a lot of prominent organizations, but he hasn't been in any place for like a lot of years. Anyway, I think that's a really good move. They barely gave up anything for it. I think Gallup, you know, didn't show what they wanted in, in last year as the wide receiver too. I do think part of it is, you know, he still was coming off the ACL. So, you know, he could be a little bit better this upcoming year. I think it's a really talented trio. I do think, like, I thought D-Hop was a slightly better fit than Cooks, not just because he's a better player, but because they really don't have much of, like, a red zone threat tall target. I mean, frankly, Dalton Schultz was one of their better red zone targets, and that was reflected in how many touchdowns he scored. Um I don't know. They just have a kind of a small receiving core, right? Like CeeDee Lamb's obviously not overly big. Gallup's a good, like, uh, high point catcher. Like, he can make yeah. the difficult catch. He's just not all that big. Um, so I think it will be interesting. It wouldn't shock me on okay, both the running back and the receiver slash tight end front. I think running back, they'll for sure draft one. They cannot go into the season with just Ronald Jones as the, as the backup behind, a, you know, Pollard coming off an injury. That just doesn't seem right. I feel like they need a better backup than that. So I think they draft one there. I do think they either draft a receiver maybe, but they drafted Jalen Tolbert last year who did absolutely yeah. nothing. And maybe he's just not good. But I keep coming back to that. I'm like, we're going to have to see this dude play in some capacity or maybe he's just that bad. But like, and I don't remember his size, maybe 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, but we'll see there. I do think, as much as you might not like this, Ben, as a Jake Ferguson guy, I do think they draft a tight end. It's a strong tight end class. They yeah. let Dalton Schultz walk. I think they at least bring in another guy, uh, you know, for kind of competition for targets. I forget what if, whatever even happened to Blake Jarwin. He got injured last year and then moved uh, on. I think he retired. Oh, okay. Because they got like Hendershot as their other tight end, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. it just seems like they address the position in some capacity, maybe, you know, third, fourth round. Who knows? Maybe they take that kid out of Old Dominion. So we'll see. Should be interesting there. Denver Broncos signed Samaji Pirine 
Jared Stidham. They also signed two offensive linemen. That never hurts. Um, I actually like the Pirine uh, signing for a co- couple of reasons. I don't necessarily think it's like a hard stock up because, frankly, he was on the Bengals getting like a fair amount of playing time on one of the best offenses in the league um, and certainly valuable when Mixon would get hurt. But also uh, the fact that, I mean, with the Broncos, Jonathan Williams, you hear all kinds of different things about his recovery from the ACL injury. You know, a lot of them say that it's not going that great. He might not be ready for the, you know, start of the season. So all of a sudden you might have a guy that's stepping into a starting role for the first two, three, four weeks of the season. And then on top of that, we'll continue to have a role while they, you know, ease Williams back into the fold. He's a third down back. He can catch the ball. So I love it. As long as they don't bring in another running back to kind of compete with that, you know, it's a, I think it's a great sign. Not only for the Broncos, I think it makes a lot of sense. But also, I think, you know, he's an intriguing, certainly in like redraft, could be an intriguing fantasy guy. A dynasty, I don't, I don't think too much, but yeah. um, at, least, at least still holds his value Ryan, pretty well. He's been an underrated running back for a while now, I feel like. He's, and he, he's a solid, he's very, you know, he's a very hard runner, um, runs through contact, uh, can catch the ball in the backfield every once in a while. So, yeah, like you said, it's, it's a good signing for Denver doesn't hurt at all. Um, it's only going to help. So, and it'll be interesting to see fantasy perspective, how it goes. Absolutely. Lions sign David Montgomery. Let Jamal Williams walk. Any thoughts on that? <sighs> yeah. You know, I'm a, DeAndre, I'm a DeAndre Swift owner, so it hurts me. Definitely. But I mean, it, it, listen, it was never going to be just, it was never just going to be the DeAndre Swift show. Like that was never going to happen. Um, but would you rather have, competition for carries or Jamal Williams? Because to really me, it's, I'd rather have Montgomery because Williams is such a proven goal line back. True. Montgomery true. to me has no, not proven true. a lot, but I don't know. No, it's true. I, I think you're right. No, I think you're right. I think you're, you're right. It's Montgomery for sure. I do think Montgomery is a good running back, um, but I don't think he's nearly as, as, as explosive as DeAndre Swift can be or is is so um, I, I think i think they're both going to provide um different kind of roles for that lions offense that was one of the bigger surprises to be honest that signing that one that was like interesting i just would never have thought of him going there it just did not make a ton of sense to me to be some honest. running back had to go there um as soon as True. jamal williams left some running back had to go there the montgomery, montgomery- signing it does. But it he is, signed first. Yeah, I know. It's interesting. It's very interesting. I I'm just guessing would have kept Williams if I were them. Gone. Yeah, uh, I just would have kept Jamal Williams if I were them, just purely from what he had done. Seemed like a great locker room guy. Obviously, not super helpful to the Swift deal. And who knows? Maybe Swift gets moved too. But I know the cap isn't real, but there must have been something with the cap that they had to go yeah. something that way. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, keeping it in the division, Ben, everyone's favorite team, the Green Bay Packers. Mm. Um, Rodgers, potentially going to be traded to the Jets. It's so weird to me that it hasn't happened yet. Like, I get yeah. they have to sort out the details, but, like, you need to move on and, like, get going and start, like, building the rest of your team. Not that they're, like, losing out on free agents as a result of it, but, like, figure it the fuck out. Uh, Alan Lazard gone. gone. You know what I put in here? Jordan Love stock up. Obviously, Jordan Love, the future goat of this league. Um, other than that, not a lot to talk about fantasy wise. I mean, obviously Jordan Love becomes fantasy relevant. 
I don't. He's not too much of a mobile guy, is he? I feel like he can move a little, but yeah, I feel like really... in the pocket, in the pocket, he moves. He's not like he's not like, but not like a rushing touchdown no. guy. I mean, I, well, no, no I don't like think Lamar, so. But like, is he even? Well, like... I'm, I'm like Lamar, but yes, I... <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you're him. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's keep it moving. Green Bay Packers. Not a lot to talk about. We'll talk a little bit about. We already talked about Tony, and we'll talk about Lazard. How about the Houston Texans? Big offseason for the Houston yeah. Texans. A lot of signings that we've got in here. Starts off with Robert Woods. I'll be honest, when I saw this putting together the doc today, I had forgotten that Robert Woods had signed with the Texans, which shout, shouts Robbie Woods. Um, they signed Case Keenum. I mean, talk about – we talked about Andy Dalton. Talk about a perfect guy to, to mentor and, and work with the young quarterback there, maybe start a couple games at the beginning of the tenure. We love that signing. Noah Brown from the Cowboys. That's uh, We're all very thankful for that one because now we can know exactly who CeeDee Lamb is when he catches the ball on the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. They also signed Dalton Schultz. They signed Devin Singletary. So this is one of, from a fantasy perspective, one of the bigger teams that, uh, you know, added pieces that kind of all of a sudden have either more opportunity than they had in the past or at least equal opportunity. Any highlights from this group, Ben? Uh, well, uh, Schultz... I think, you know, he's going to provide a red zone target for whoever comes in there. Um, I'd say that rookie quarterbacks tend to rely on their tight ends a bit more um, than other, you know, targets on the field. Um, So he might have a little bump there. Um, But again, I wouldn't say that it's, you know, it's, I would say like you say here, it's even. Um, I don't know if he's going to go, up or down, but I think it's even. Definitely a worse right. offense, but he could. I mean, as like, of right yeah. now, he's the most proven target that they exactly. have. Exactly. Um, and then you know, let me have you discuss Devin Singletary because Devin Singletary. I think it kind of affects you a little bit more. Yeah, the Damian Pierce owner. So it's interesting. Joe and I were actually talking about this because Joe recently acquired Devin Singletary. Yeah. I basically was under the assumption that they would add some kind of piece in the backfield. I forget if Rex Burkhead got released or retired or who knows. But I knew they would add something. They also, I believe, signed Mike Boone. But um, to be honest, I think Singletary is a very solid player. And it's important to remember that like this was like a fifth-round pick out of FAU. Shout out Mm -hmm. to the Owls, by the way. Hell of a game last night. Um, Yeah. There's this kind of like negative connotation around Singletary. And it's like, you just got to remember where some of these guys were drafted and came from. Like yeah. he's had a very successful career to this point. Like definitely not a great running back. And that's why I was like laughing, like giving William a hard time. Like, you know, I say, you know, Schultz and Singletary to the Texans. Oh, trash, whatever. I'm like, I mean, actually those are two pretty good football players <laughs> that yeah. have actually proven things. <laughs> like I, I get what you're saying, but this is a team in the Texans that needs all the talent that they can get. I love the Schultz signing. I think that's. I think he's a top ten tight end in the league without question. He has mm-hmm. been at least the last couple of years as far as fantasy wise, and he just looks the part. As for Singletary, Joe and I talked about it. I think we're both pleased with it because my biggest fear would be that they would draft a running back mm-hmm. um, in like the second or third round. Not that I think they should do so. Like, and I'm not even like that biased towards Damian Pierce because frankly I would have never even drafted him had he not had the preseason that he had. Yeah. But like. When I went back and watched, like, or and looked at some of the stats when we were doing the rookie of the year stuff, and watch you watch highlights, it's just like, damn, this dude like actually looks really good. Now that yeah. doesn't mean he's going to be good for the rest of his career. It just imagine picking a fifth round running back like that, or maybe it was fourth round. I forget 
seeing what he did as a rookie year and then being like, oh, well, we definitely need to address the position again early in the draft. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. A team like the Texans with that many needs, just it just would have seemed weird to me. So that was my biggest fear. I didn't think they would necessarily do that. But to me, I'm like, okay, you signed Devin Singletary on a one-year deal, a guy that's pretty good out of the backfield as far as catching the yeah. ball, you know, likely to be in a third down role. I still think Pierce gets the goal line carries. So, like, of all the scenarios, I'm like, actually, I'm, like, pretty okay with that being the complimentary back. Like, that actually does work for me. So, didn't bother me that much. And at the same time, as Joe mentioned, he's like, I actually kind of like the spot, too, because he think, you know, I think he will get a decent amount of carries and a decent amount of catches. And not that this offense is going to be great. Who knows? Maybe, you know, they're going to have either Stroud or Young, you'd assume. Again, rookie quarterbacks have proven lately in the last, you know, five to ten years that they can absolutely carry a fantasy offense, you know, put up some points. So, you know, they added some pieces, losing Cooks, adding Woods and, and Noah Brown. But, you know, it's not like a win for them, per se. They got Nico Collins there. They got John Mechie the third. It You know, it really wouldn't surprise me if at the 12th pick they go ahead and get a you know, Quentin Johnson, uh, JSN, if he's still there, and Addison, like all those guys seemingly would be in play there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I just in general like that they've at least added pieces to the offense. They're not like great pieces by any means, but there's a little bit more momentum going on in Houston. For sure. No, I I agree with almost everything you say there. And, uh, you know, why can't everyone win, right? Why can't That's everyone right. win? So, That's right. Yeah. We need the Houston the Texans to be good. They were kind of yeah. fun, you know, for a little bit when Deshaun came in there and then things got weird. They they were terrible with Carr as a, you know, whatever, what's the word for the new franchise? Expansion, Expansion. franchise. Yeah. It's like we, we really haven't had a lot of good Texans football in our lives. Like, why not? You know, let's let's put together why a not? squad here. Uh, Indianapolis Colts don't have any comments, but they signed Gardner Minshew basically to be their bridge slash mentor quarterback. That becomes especially interesting if they draft Anthony Richardson. Because then it's like, I just don't know if they would start Minshew over Richardson, or at least not for very long. Uh, they also signed Isaiah McKenzie, receiver from the Buffalo Bills. That receiver room is is pretty weak. I mean, they've got Pittman, Alec Pierce. Yeah. I guess McKenzie becomes the third guy. They're like, oh, Paris Campbell. I know a lot of people like Alec Pierce, and he, he did have a solid rookie year. I'm not anti him, but it's just kind of a weak receiver room. I kind of feel bad for Pittman because I feel like he's a stud, but he's just had bad quarterback play. Anyway, yeah. we keep it moving. Jacksonville Jaguars tagged Evan Ingram after a big breakout year for him. Signed Dearness Johnson a couple days ago. Interesting there. Um, Dearness Johnson's on my team. Travis Etienne's on your team. I simply said Dearness stock up purely because he's going from third string running back to second string running back, at least if he can beat out Jermichael Hasty. Showed a little promise in that stretch when Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt were injured. I don't actually think like that he's like a big fantasy asset by any means, but I mm -hmm. would be curious to see what he looked like. I, I by no means want Etienne to get hurt because I love Etienne. Um, but it, it would, it would be interesting to see Dearness in like a full season sample size to see like, you know, a couple years ago, was that just like a flash in the pan and like super random or is he actually pretty good? Who knows? Yeah. It's an interesting signing. Um, I'm assuming that he's going to probably, he should stick around and, uh, I, we'll see what he is during the off season. Um, I, I, and then I think keeping Ingram around was big for uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Um, they, they got a nice off. receiving core. Exactly for this feature. So um, yeah, they made the right moves this season. Awesome. Absolutely. Kansas city chiefs, Nicole Hardman left 
went to the Jets. Juju Smith-Schuster left, went to the New England Patriots. There's been rumors about Odell. I mentioned D-Hop earlier. I haven't heard that as a rumor per se. Not really anything to talk about there. Um, all of their running backs and receivers have remained the same other than the people that left. I got to imagine, though, they either draft a guy or they like need they a receiver. Play at Odell or yeah, they, they, need like, a they have to get another guy. Yeah. Like even if even if you're like as high as possible on Kadarius Tony and and Sky Moore, and I, I do like both those players a fair amount, like you just, they, that, you just, the, you just can't yeah. do that. And and yeah. you're talking and, and again, you do have like the greatest tight end of all time, so I get that that like makes up for some of it. But yeah. um, but yeah, they're gonna need to do something. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Las Vegas Gold, Las Vegas Gold Knights. Let's go Knights. Just slipped right Love off that. the tongue. Don't let us get hot. But Ben, we might play each other in the first round. Kraken that's day. what that's what, I was, that's what I was seeing. That would be fun. That would be a good time. Yeah, huh? that would be very fun. The two expansion franchises would love that. Anyway, we're talking about the Las Vegas Raiders. Tag Josh Jacobs. I guess not really a surprise because of how good of a year he had, mm-hmm. but also kind of a surprise because everyone kind of assumed that they were going to part ways until he had that amazing year that he had last year. Signed Jimmy G. Jimmy G in Vegas. What a perfect marriage. Signed Jacoby Myers from the Patriots and then Darren Waller was traded. So a lot of activity there for the Raiders. Uh, What do you like? What do you dislike about that, Ben? Um, You know, the tag, the tag Jacobs was the right thing to do. Try to figure it out in the next year. But then what? Well, it's, it, to me, tagging just gives you a year to try to figure something out. Um. And hopefully figure something out. And I don't know if they will. It Towards the end of the season, it didn't really sound like Jacobs thought he was going to be there. Right. Um, so I could see them maybe breaking up, you know, parting ways. He's still uh, 25, which is crazy. Feels like he's exactly, had a lot of but track, I feel but... like, you know, I mean, like, if you're Las Vegas, I think the smart thing to do was to tag him at this point and oh, try to figure something out. So – I don't know where it's going to go. I think prediction-wise, if I had to give a prediction, like I, I'm not sure they're going to stick together. But you know, you had to, you had to give, you know, you had to tag him and give it a shot and see what happens. Um, Jimmy G, I'm not, I'm, I'm over Jimmy G. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I don't. He might be average at best. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I guess he's starting, but uh, <laughs> one would assume. Yeah, Jacoby Myers. I maybe I don't know. Uh, why not? Uh, I guess it's <laughs> an option here. Uh, these are, you are surprised all by the Waller trade. These are all former McDaniel's guys, right? Jimmy G and Jacoby. So like, yeah, I'd assume. Uh, I, you know, some sort of connection. And then the Waller thing, to me, I think it makes a little bit of sense. I feel like he was somewhat of a big contract, older player. Maybe it was just time to move on from him um, and just figure out another guy there. Um, So, yeah, I didn't hate it. Yeah, it surprised me a little bit. Um... It was definitely out of the blue, but – and when you know when it when it went down and I saw it, I thought about it. And I said, "Okay, it makes a little bit of sense to me." Yeah, I agree. 
Uh, yeah, Josh Jacobs, it's kind of the same boat, even though he feels like he's older than Tony Pollard. But it, to me, it's like you might as well get the extension done now, do some kind of a two- or three-year commitment. Again, it could be a three- or four-year contract, but two or three years where you basically can't get out of it. But again, I also don't think that, like, doesn't really seem like Jacobs wants to still be there, kind of seem like the Raiders wanted to move on from him. I truly believe if he didn't have such a great year, it wouldn't have been this case. Like, they would have just let him walk. Either way, um, Jimmy G, I I don't know. I didn't mind it. I I agree. He's very clearly a very average quarterback. And without, like, the support system of the Niners, I think he'll even look worse. Um, The problem is I just don't know what else they were going to do. They needed someone. They're in theory, not in theory, they are in win-now mode. I mean, they have Devontae Adams. Not that Hunter Renfro is old, but Josh Jacobs, you know, running back with some some wear on his tires. I don't know. They just seem like a team that didn't need to do a full rebuild, or if they were, they should just, like, absolutely clear house. Um, so Jimmy G's whatever. He's got familiarity with the system. They could, you know, in theory, make the playoffs with them. Not that I expect that to happen, but it's not out of the question. Um, and it also doesn't prevent them from taking a quarterback in the draft, whether they move up or someone falls to seven. Um, as much as Jimmy G has been, you know, through that saga before of having a rookie quarterback being drafted while he's the incumbent starter, that's just kind of how it goes. And it doesn't take them out of it because it's not like a super long commitment and they could sit a guy behind Jimmy G and I don't know. I just don't think Josh McDaniels would be around long enough to like draft a quarterback here wait through the Jimmy G or era and then get to the rookie quarterback and see if that's successful. That just seems like kind of a long leash, but who knows? Uh, Jacoby Myers, I couldn't care less because he played for the Patriots. Uh, Chargers and Rams, the two LA teams, no offensive transactions. Austin Eckler wants out though. Allen Robinson wants out for the Rams. Do you think Eckler gets traded? I feel like it could happen. Um, I think we've discussed and, I mean, it's been discussed all around that running back value isn't exactly high, per se. So I could see some sort of playoff team um, pull a move like the Niners did last season with McCaffrey and kind of just go all out for him and, you know, say, well, why not? Fuck it. Um, so, yeah, I could see that happening. I could, too. You know, as much as I give him a hard time, he's a very good running back. I was, yeah. quite frankly, pretty surprised about him asking for a trade that seemed a little bit weird. Um, you know, just do the chargers turn around and go try to target a guy like Bajan or one of the other running backs in the draft. Who knows? Um, Alan Robinson deal is kind of weird. Um, you know, he, he is on my team. Very good player. There's no denying that had a weird year with the Rams. The Rams in general had a weird year, kind of surprised he wants out. But like, frankly, again, we've talked about some of these teams, like, they're picking at the top of the draft that might have a young quarterback. Seems like a good spot to go and trade for Allen Robinson. They've got some cap space. Would just be a proven, proven guy who's not crazy old still. I don't know. It's just kind of a weird situation. Miami Dolphins, such a weird situation. Resigned all four running backs that they had been Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr., Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed. Is that how he pronounces it? Salvin Ahmed. Yes. Ahmed, yeah. Him and Gaskin are you dub, right? Yeah. Yeah, disgusting. Um, this one was shocking to me. I think the Miami Dolphins are a perfect team to either go out and spend money on a free agent running back or draft an absolute stud. And yet they continue to roll out this this cast of characters. All well, due respect just... to Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. 
I feel like that's what Kyle Shanahan did until he got McCaffrey, right? Yeah. He just had but even, a But even so, like they're not even they're not even drafting like guys in like the third, fourth, fifth round of season. Yeah. Like, they can yeah. like strike gold. They're just like continue and just considering their offense, considering how much money they've spent, how win yeah. how they are, all that stuff. It just seems like they would really go after. I mean, this. I mean, <laughs> they forfeited their first round pick, but but this year, if they like say had their first round pick and were able to move up a little bit, they would have been a prime fucking candidate for Bijan Robinson. Um, so anyway, signed Mike White and Braxton Berrios, both from the Jets, both within the division. Love the Mike White signing. I think that's a really solid backup quarterback, especially with Tua and all of his concussion and injuries. And then Braxton Berrios, the great white light in this league. Steps into a wide receiver three role, no? I mean, Sherfield's gone. Uh, that makes sense to me. Yeah, that would you know, unless they draft I, someone, but he's definitely a small kicks. receiver group. But yeah. but it's a lot of speed. I don't know. It kind of works. Another team that I think, I mean, fuck, they could make some sense to trade for D Hop. Not that they need a receiver in the slightest, but. I still feel like that's a team that needs a guy that can go up and get the ball in the red zone. And Gusecki, did he sign yet? I don't think I've seen Gusecki. Oh, no, didn't? No. Yeah, Gusecki signed with the Patriots. Did he? Yeah, he signed with the Patriots. Wow. I did not see that whatsoever. There it is, though. Interesting. Okay, perfect spot for that white piece of shit. All right, Ben. Minnesota Vikings. Not a lot going on here. For some reason, they signed Josh Oliver to a three-year contract when Dalton Schultz was getting a one-year deal, and there was a bunch of other tight ends on the market. Not to mention a deep tight end class, but here we are. Signed the GOAT Nick Mullins, backup quarterback, to a a contract. They re-signed Alexander Madison, let Adam Thielen go in free agency. Madison, to me, well, he is on my team, but also it's neutral. It's I don't hate it because he's my handcuff to Dalvin, so that's that. I think it became clear that he wasn't going to get a starting role. Like really the only place I could picture that would have been like a great landing spot would have been like a Atlanta or something like that to at least be in a timeshare with, with Algier or something, but it is what it is. He signed a two year deal. There have been slight rumors that they might move on from Dalvin cook. If they got split up and both got starting roles, obviously that would be ideal from a fantasy perspective. I was a little bit surprised purely because Madison seems to have some juice every time he comes in. So I figured a team would at least try to put him as, you know, a part of like a 50-50 timeshare. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty neutral for me. Yeah, it's they haven't made a bunch of splash signings, I would say, this offseason. Um, I don't I don't feel great about Minnesota heading into this offseason though. So No. It will be interesting to see what happens. They there. haven't improved at all. I think that's there's yeah. nothing that you can point to where it's like, oh, they got better. I, mean, I uh, guess especially for a team. Bay hasn't exactly improved, but I, I mean, Chicago and, and uh, Detroit have definitely improved. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Detroit signing a couple corners, Gardner Johnson. Yeah, they're going to be an interesting team. Uh, your favorite team, Ben, the New England Patriots, signed Juju Smith-Schuster, signed James Robinson, Jacoby Myers, Nelson left. I don't know why I typed Juju left. Uh, any thoughts? Yeah, you know, I'm, a, I'm as they call me, Boston Ben. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, Juju almost seems like the perfect wide receiver for the Patriots. Just – 
gonna like you know sure, get maybe it. like eight hundred to a thousand yards every season and not be exciting at all doing it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Distance. Just kind of like the Patriots doing Patriots things. So whatever. Yeah, let Damian Harris walk. James Robinson's obviously a non-factor. This is Ramondre yeah. backfield, complete non-factor. Uh, New Orleans Saints, pretty interesting offseason, signed Derek Carr. That was the first quarterback domino to fall, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, re-signed Michael Thomas. Re-signed Jameis as the backup. Re-signed Zach Servett, Jawan Johnson. Signed Jamal Williams in the backfield. So very active offseason yeah. for New Orleans. I'll get us started on this one, Ben. Uh, as for Carr, from a fantasy perspective, I think he's completely neutral. Um, I did acquire him this offseason just to kind of get a little bit more security at the quarterback position. He's always been mediocre as a, a fantasy quarterback. I think he's slightly better as an actual quarterback than a fantasy quarterback. But the one thing I will say is he has supported good fantasy weapons from both a receiver and tight end perspective. So yeah. that's helpful to your Mike Thomases, your Chris Olaves, your Juwan Johnsons, Jarvis Landry, et cetera, et cetera. And the offense will obviously be better than last year because it was terrible. It's definitely an upgrade over Andy Dalton. I do really like the Jamal Williams signing. I think it's neutral from a fantasy perspective in the sense that, like, he's never going to top last year of how many touchdowns he scored. But he is a perfect complement to Alvin Kamara. They like to get him involved out of the backfield. Um, Kamara is more than capable as a goal line back, but having another guy for short yardages, the exact Mark Ingram role from the past. Um, so I think it's definitely a, a slam dunk in terms of that partnership. And – Frankly, Kamara's got some legal stuff he's dealing with, and and who knows? Maybe you know by this time next year he's the subject of trade rumors, or you know we'll see. So, I do like that signing. You just never know. Um, yeah, no, I get you. I I, uh, I I think you're totally correct on the New Orleans wide receivers definitely going up in stock. Um, you know, shout out Rashid Shahid. Uh, yeah, huge. Derek Carr. Is better than better than Jimmy G, but still not good. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. So yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens in New Orleans. I think they might be like an eight-win team, nine-win team. Um, yeah. And I do like the Williams signing a lot as well. I think you touched all the right bases there um, regarding Camara. Um, and Williams, I think, just provides another body there that they were kind of missing. So, um, yeah, I think overall, decent offseason for New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, for a team that's certainly in win-now mode, it just makes them better, more of a contender. It does not make them a Super Bowl contender, in my opinion, yeah. but at least makes them somewhat relevant. I'm also curious to see – I know we talk about Derek Carr a lot. I'm just curious to see what he looks like on a different team because, like, I agree he's definitely pretty average. Like, I just never know when guys are on the Raiders because the Raiders are such a fucked up you, franchise that I'm like. That's, that's a good call. I just want to see him on another team just to be like, okay, let me confirm that he's, in yeah, fact, like, for very sure. average. Or it's like, oh, actually, like, good defense, good running game, good coaching, good culture. Oh, all of a sudden he looks, you know, like Matt Stafford did when he was on the Rams when they made their run or whatever, you know, who knows. Yeah, but um, New York Giants, Ben, another busy offseason, re-signed Daniel Jones. Franchise tags, Saquon Barkley, traded for Darren Waller. Both Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are back, and they also signed Paris Campbell. So a lot going on there. 
I believe we'll start with Waller. I think it's a pretty neutral move from a fantasy perspective. Going from Derek Carr to Daniel Jones. <laughs> I obviously created a meme about this. I'm just now thinking of that. Um, <laughs> it's whatever. It's pretty neutral. I think we're going to be slightly more um, accomplished as far as getting fantasy targets the ball. So that's something. Um, but Daniel Jones is a younger quarterback. He is coming off his best year. Dave Bull seems to be kind of the, the piece that unlocked him a little bit at least. Um, so pretty neutral. I think wide receivers not named Isaiah Hodgins or Wandale Robinson are losers in the steal. I'm not a big Shepard guy, not a big Slayton guy. Pareth Campbell's never been good. Um, they just have like a hodgepodge of very mediocre receivers, but I like the young guys, Wandale Robinson and Isaiah Hodgins the most. So I still like them more than everyone else. You do know they just signed your boy, right, though? No, I did not. Yeah, Jameson Crowder. Oh, I, I did. It. Oh, that's right, because I shared, I shared that tweet <laughs> of the big thing running around with the kids. Um, either way, that's just they just have a ton of small receivers. Yeah. Other than Hodgins, Robinson showed a little bit of a flash in his rookie season before tearing his ACL. I don't know. Yeah. Just too many I, uh, receivers. You know, I, I I think that they. They did the right thing by improving their team by trading for Waller, but other than that, wasn't like a huge up, wasn't a you know a massive right. upgrade this off season. They did. They well, we did can also we can also talk about the fact that they like paid way too much money for Daniel Jones, obviously, um, and now yeah. he really needs to like become a top fifteen to ten quarterback to like warrant any of that value. Do you think some other team would have paid that? Some other team would have paid that though, right? Don't you think? No, I don't. I don't think so. No. You don't think so? I think. I think some other team would have. I don't think they would have paid that. I think he would have gotten paid solidly in the open market, but I don't even remember what the numbers were. I don't know. I just. It's just hard for me to get behind the idea of him. I taking I agree with you, but it's like year. you know what? It's like a quarterback league, and then they're kind of handcuffed. I agree with that. You, you know, it's just it's tough. I just feel like if. If they didn't give him the contract, I feel like some other team would have. Yep, I feel you. Other team in New York, Ben, a real quiet offseason for the Jets. They're yeah, potentially trading quiet. for Aaron Rodgers, signed Alan Lazard, signed Michael Hardman, traded Elijah Moore. I have stocked down on both Alan Lazard and Michael Hardman for different reasons. Alan Lazard, frankly, because he was the wide receiver one last year on the Packers with a Hall of Fame quarterback. And, like, wasn't that great, right? Like, his career breakout year was, like, 700-something yards and, like, six touchdowns. Like, really not anything, like, too crazy, right? So, like, not only that, now you're going to a team that has Garrett Wilson, that has Corey Davis. You're still playing with Rodgers, so you've got some chemistry there. That doesn't hurt. But to me, it's just, like, there's no way it's getting better from here. Uh, Mikkel Hardman, purely because anytime you leave the Chiefs, in my opinion, that's a stock down. I think – I don't know if the Jets will be able to utilize them quite as, as uniquely. That being said, Obviously, there's a lot of worse places that Nico Hardman could have landed outside of you know the Jets, where he is potentially being linked up with with Aaron Rodgers. So it's only stock down because he left Kansas City, and that was kind of inevitable. Rodgers, I don't have a stock check for him. I have no idea what it's going to look like. In theory, the core roster of the New York Jets was better than the core roster of the Green Bay Packers from last year, but that's still, I mean. Rodgers is also, like, old and wasn't that great last year. So, what if, like, he's actually, like, getting a little bit worse? I don't know. I just yeah. don't know what to do with him. 
they use that. I mean, I, I mean it's I, Jordan Love's league, so it is the it is the Jordan Love show. It always has been. Yeah, always. It's Joe's world, and we're just living in it. That's right. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles. We're almost done here, Ben. We can get to the NFL draft talk. Resigned Boston Scott. Signed Rashad Penny from the Seahawks. Miles Sanders left. They also signed Marcus Mariota. I'll admit I didn't see that. Um, so the only thing I said in here is Rashad Penny stock up slightly just because all of a sudden he's in that in that uh, Eagles offense. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, they go on to draft a running back as well. They did resign Boston Scott, so he's some competition there. They have Kenneth Gainwell. It's, it's a crowded room, but the Eagles, honestly, their offense is so good that everyone gets utilized. And so the fact of the matter is they could have three or four relevant running backs. And that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Penny, obviously a massive injury concern, um, but he at least holds on a little bit of value compared to what he used to. I know the dogs are getting fired up. Sorry, 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 GG is No, this is a staple of the episode, baby. Let's go. Going after a Raven, dude. It's a Raven in my front yard. And they're going after yeah, she's she's ready to go after the Raven. Um we are at a Philly, though, so right? I just talked a little bit about Rashad Penny on. Yeah, so yeah, no, you're correct. Uh, RB one opportunity there. Um, you know, the first step there is staying healthy, but I think even if he plays ten games, he can still somewhat be a, you know, a, like a flex option, um, RB two option in some leagues. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a good it's a good pickup for him, and uh, why not? Yeah, why not us? Why not today? Yeah, Steelers literally made no moves uh, that affect fantasy whatsoever. The only thing I can even think of is Patrick Peterson signing there. Now this is the biggest move of the offseason right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sam Darnold signing with the San Francisco 49ers. They finally found their QB1 after yeah. years and years of trying. The perfect quarterback to complement all the weapons, the defense. After the like losing all these Super Bowls, all these playoff games, they're finally going to win it all because of the same Darnold. Yeah, it is pretty wild. Seattle Seahawks, your Seattle Seahawks, Ben, resigned both Geno Smith and Drew Locke, the dynamic quarterback yeah. duo that really lifted this team to new heights last year. Tell me your thoughts on the whole process that went down with Geno and him resigning. Yeah, I think, uh, I think honestly, contract wise, I. I wasn't as blown away by the contract as I thought I would be. Um, it seemed actually more around the ballpark than I thought it would be. Um, or, you know, a little bit less, I guess. Um, and I think it was just the right thing to do with the Hawks, the right thing for Geno Smith to come back. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, he's got, you know, I don't know how many how much years in the league he has left. He's thirty two, going on thirty three. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, career year at thirty one is interesting. Uh, I I think it was the right thing to do, and I think that he's going to be a good top twelve quarterback next year. Okay. Ten maybe. Okay. And then Drew Locke, you know. I think he's, uh, yeah, he's just kind of like the new Geno Smith, a backup quarterback. So, yeah, he'll find his way in a couple of years, though. Yeah, Reju- rejuvenate himself. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 
Fournette gone, Tom Brady gone, signed Baker Mayfield, signed Chase Edmonds, Cameron Brake gone. Not a lot to say there. A lot of expected yeah, moves. It's quite an off season for Tampa they're, Bay. It's gonna be, I mean, yeah. do they have their 25-1 or their 24-1, sorry? I think so, yeah. Could I mean, be pretty high. I, I could see them easily getting Caleb Williams. You know what I'm saying? Like, then, I mean, yeah, my only thing is, I mean, obviously they brought in Baker because they still kind of want to, like, compete. My only thing is, like, if you're going to do it, like – why even re-sign Levante David? Why even keep Godwin and Mike Evans? You know what I mean? Like, you might as well just fully tear it down. Yeah. Um, I think the Fournette move was obvious. Another guy who hasn't signed anywhere, I'd be curious if he even ends up with a role next year. Not that he's, like, that old or bad. It's just it seems like that time has kind of come. But Rashad White taking over. Edmonds is whatever as a kind of side piece. Cameron Braid, whatever, as a tight end. Uh, Tennessee and Washington, last two teams, really just the Derrick Henry trade rumors for Tennessee. They kind of seem like they're going into a full rebuild, so wouldn't hurt to go ahead and just kick the tires on a trade there. Um, the Washington Commanders signed Jacoby Brissett. They cut J.D. McKissick. Those are really their only moves, not super relevant. does seem like they'll roll out Sam Howell and have Brissett as the backup. Um, so, yeah, that's our fantasy or our free agency recap, Ben. A full full epic. chunk of time spent on every that team. Really went really went in. Last segment of the show, just a handful of NFL draft questions, mixed bag of hot topics and questions. First one, we're going to focus on the quarterbacks, of course, because that's what the NFL draft is always focused on. Now that the Panthers made a big move up for the number one pick, Ben, how do you see the QB dominoes falling amongst that big four? So. I'm going with a little. I do think. I like it. In the end, everything you know said is going to work out. I think Anthony Richardson goes number one to the Panthers. Um, I think that he's got the most upside. He's the most physically gifted quarterback, not just you know with his speed and his strength but also his statue. Um, and I just think that Frank Reich, who loves quarterbacks, will say, okay, I can work with this guy. I can mold this guy. And we can work with – who do they have in Carolina right now? They Dalton. You know, we can work with Dalton for a little bit and see what happens and then go with Richardson when the time is ready. Um, yeah. So I just think Richardson is almost like the Josh Allen mold. Um, where by the time the draft comes, just not racist. Yeah, true. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, by the time you know the draft comes, Richardson will be the pick. So yeah, Richardson number one. Uh, Bryce Young two to the Texans. Uh, which you know I think you know Texans at number two, taking, in my opinion, you know, I don't know. I think he's the best quarterback on draft. I think him and Stroud to me are one, one a one B it's close. It's very close. Uh, but I think Houston takes young. It's probably the safest pick. Um, <clears throat> the Colts then take CJ Stroud at four. Um, I think he's could be the best quarterback on the draft. Um, they need a quarterback badly. They've been looking for a quarterback for like the last like 10 years. Um, so Stroud makes sense there. 
And then I do have the Lions at six taking Will Levis out of Kentucky. Um, Jerry Goff, I think, is their starter for, you know, the next maybe one, two years. Um, But I think Levis um, has a big enough arm in a dome. Makes sense. Why not? You know, Detroit. Yeah, D-Town stand up. Yeah, it'll be interesting. With the Richardson thing, (laughs) I do think the fact that First-year head coach, obviously he has head coaching experience, so he's not trying to be there for, you know, a crazy rebuild. But the fact that he's a first-year coach, meaning they have a little bit of time, right? And granted, that's the case with a lot of these teams. I mean, Indianapolis, Houston, those are all first-year coaches. It just – I do think it's interesting because it's like I don't – the only reason I don't love the idea of Richardson going one is purely because you're taking a quarterback at one and your plan is still to sit him for a fair amount of time. Um, But I do think that they have the ability to be patient. Like I don't necessarily think that the Colts have the ability to be patient, which is funny because I told – I said they they would get Richardson. So my quick order is Stroud one to Carolina. I don't like that. That's just where the odds swung. I wouldn't even be like – I think he's the best player in the draft, and we'll talk a little about about that later. I think he is the best quarterback. It just kind of we—I don't know—I kind of got in my head that Houston was going to end up with Stroud, and whoever traded up to one was going to get Bryce Young, and I just kind of liked that scenario. I kind of liked the idea of C.J. Stroud being on the Texans, so I kind of got enamored with that. But obviously, if they don't do it, I think Houston takes Bryce Young, and it, and and it's a really interesting scenario because all of a sudden Houston's kind of in that mode where. You know, hot young coach and D'Amico Ryan's got ties to the Niners system and obviously a very good defensive coach. Um, brought in pieces like we talked about in the offseason in a lot of different ways. Interesting young running back and Damian Pierce probably dropped a receiver as well. Schultz at tight end. Their defense made some signings as well. Had some young guys that kind of popped a little bit last year. It could just be kind of under the radar. Like if, you know, the team that goes up to number one overthinks it and all of a sudden like Bryce Young is in fact the best quarterback in this draft like everyone thinks but somehow he slides to two and then Houston all of a sudden gets like this you know great pick somehow just sitting there at two will just be interesting uh like I said I have Richardson uh going to Indianapolis I do think potentially they could have to move up from four to three just to make sure that they secure their guy if I'm Indianapolis and you know we all kind of seemingly hate Will Levis there's no chance I'm sitting at four and just, like, hoping no one jumps us to get to Arizona and then just, like, settling with Will Levis. That just doesn't seem like what they'll do. Uh, as for – and Richardson, again, that's that's an interesting one because the Colts aren't in a great situation. We talked about how they signed Gardner Minshew. I don't think the Colts are a great team to just sit for another year. You know, they've got, they've got veterans who are solid players. They just don't seem like a team that could be really bad again next year. They seem like yeah. someone that could be really bad next year. It just they don't want to be really bad next year by any means. So like to me, I think I still and I I still think they should be calling Carolina at one to see if they can move up and make sure that they get their guy. I think Stroud would be a perfect fit, kind of like you talked about for the Colts. Um, I do think Richardson would be a good fit. Shane Steichen, the, the offensive coordinator who just got hired as the head coach there, just had Jalen Hurts, so he's comfortable with the mobile quarterback. I just don't know if they can afford the time to, to wait super long for him to develop. If in fact he needs that development, you never know. I mean, Josh yeah. Allen, they, I feel like they threw into the fire as well. And he just kind of figured it out eventually. And then I had Will Levis to Vegas. I don't have a good landing spot for Levis. I think Vegas could make some sense. I think Detroit could make some sense. I just, I still don't even understand why he's in the same breath as these other three guys. I just feel like he should be one of those guys that falls more to like the teens and then either a team trades up to get him or, 
you know, one of those teams like the Commanders or, you know, some random ones that could like kind of use like a, a future quarterback or something like that could, could take a guy. I, I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't feel too strongly about, about where Levis lands. Uh, yeah, ben, how much, uh, how much will Jalen Carter's off field issues and poor pro day showing impact his stock? Uh, in the end, I don't think he'll fall below 10. And I'll honestly be surprised if he isn't chosen the top seven picks. Um, you know, there's going to be that run on QBs um, in the top six picks, but um, there's a couple teams there like the Lions and Raiders who I think don't exactly need a quarterback right now and could, I, I think, would love to spend a pick on a guy like this, um, you know, who played guys in the SEC in the toughest conference um, for four years. Um, and on, on personally, I don't need my defensive tackles to be workout freaks. Uh, so I think, you know, I think he'll be just fine and he'll be top 10 pick, if not top 10, top seven, top five. even. Yep. I agree. I, I think as long as nothing happens between now and the draft, he'll be fine. Um, to me, the, the biggest concern is just that he weighed a decent amount heavier at his pro day than the combine. Like, I think that's the biggest thing with D tackles is, is if they truly just like get out of shape too quickly. Like that's the easiest way to have your stock fall. To, if you get drafted to, to lose playing time, all that kind of stuff. So that part concerned me. My biggest thing though, is that too many teams need defensive tackles and he's in a class amongst his own in terms of this draft class. Like this is not a strong D tackle class. There's a ton of edge guys, but not a ton of D tackles. So like he is the clear cream of the crop if he figures it out. Um, and there are just too many teams inside the top 10 specifically and quite frankly everywhere that, that need defensive tackles. So, again, as long as nothing happens between now and the draft, Ben, I think he'll be fine. Let's uh, let's talk about the 12th. How do you feel, player, how do you feel about Candace Parker? Candace Parker? Yeah. Uh, one of the greatest female players of all time, for sure. Yeah, no, I and I like her a lot as an analyst. I would also yeah. climb her as a tree if possible. Wow. I Sorry. Knew. Somehow I knew we were getting there. Are you watching Sorry. the halftime show of the other game? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You yeah, wilding, yeah. bro. It's seventeen fifteen Miami right now. Well, Candace Parker's on my screen right ahead of yeah, me. She's yeah, looking yeah, it's true. fine as hell. Yeah, it's no Kay Adams, but I do understand. Well, that's true. Um, ben, let's talk about the Seahawks. I'm actually going to start us off, and then we can let you go all in on the Hawks. Uh, one of the more intriguing teams this year, pick number five, pick number 20. So – how do you see the, the draft playing out? And, and what I'll say is part of the reason I ask this is because I do love the idea of Anthony Richardson to the Hawk. If we truly all believe that he needs to sit for a year or however much time it takes, develop, learn the offense, improve his skills, et cetera, et cetera. There are two teams that are very clear and obvious choices, at least in the top 10, and that is the Seahawks and the Lions. You could even argue that the Raiders, now if they've signed Jimmy G, could be a place for him, but they would likely need to move up. Um and, and, and I even said here I wouldn't even hate it if they moved up from five to three just to secure mm -hmm. him. I don't think they would need to give up too much there. Uh, they are, they're in a little bit of a, a rebuild, right? Like, obviously, they were not expecting the success last year that they had other than, like, the people in the building that they were preaching, like, oh, Geno Smith's actually good, and then he was. Um, but once they got rid of Russell Wilson, it's like, okay, we need to, you know, kind of refresh. Not a full rebuild because they're still, like, one of those better organizations, but a mini rebuild. And... They have a young roster. What they did with their draft class last year was huge, huge for their yeah. future. Because now all of a sudden it's like, hey, we just hit on a bunch of guys. 
now our window is going to start opening up again very soon, as opposed to more of a longer rebuild like a Texans or something like that. Two really good young weapons on offense, Walker, DK Metcalf. I like Gino a lot. I'm glad they re-signed him. I still think the odds are relatively low that he plays like he did last year for the next several years. Maybe next season he's the exact same quarterback. That would be awesome. Um, but it just would surprise me if for, for the length of that contract, all of a sudden he's just like, I'm a completely different quarterback than the backup quarterback I had been for the last, you know, six or seven years or however long it had been. Um, having that second first rounder is also the other big thing for me. It takes, you know, this luxury pick. It, it's not even a luxury pick at that point because kind of if you were to think about it before the season, you would have thought their own pick was the fifth pick. And then the pick that they got from Denver would have been the 20th pick, right? But it flip-flops. So it's kind of like a luxury there. You get the quarterback of the future. I think Gino for one or two more years. Richardson's kind of the perfect guy there. And then at 20, that's where you can address the D-line, edge rusher. At You know, there's a ton of them in the draft. They've had success. I don't think Pete's necessarily going to be around forever for Richardson because he's obviously very old. Um, but yeah. they've had success with mobile quarterbacks, completely different body type in terms of Richardson and Wilson. Anyway, I just think they're kind of in the perfect storm moment of like, we're close enough in the top five to be able to get a quarterback of the future. And also the 20th pick is like a really solid first round pick to have address another position. They've got more picks in, in later in the draft. I don't know. It's just a unique opportunity to potentially secure that future cornerstone, you know, kind of to complement everything that they did last year in the draft. Yeah. I think I'm right there with you. Um, and if he does, you know, if he is there at five, then yes, I think I'm right there with you. But if my prediction of Richard going one, and the rest That's of the right. QBs falling where they go, then I, you know, then I think the Seahawks trade down between pick six and ten, or just pick probably like Jalen Carter at five. Mm-hmm. Um, when they recently let go of Al Woods, who is the Seahawks' only nose true nose tackle. Um, Carter isn't exactly a true nose tackle, but him plus a combo of players that they signed or re-signed could fill that void easily. Um, mm-hmm. But they could also trade down um, and still, you know, get a solid defensive end like Tyree Wilson at Texas Tech or Miles Murphy out of Clemson, um, which should also fill a huge hole on that defense, on that team. Um, so I think, honestly, I think Jalen Carter would be the best pick here at five. I really do if he somehow falls there. Um, I think that's the best pick here for everyone um, if Richardson is also not there. Right. Um, and then 20, you know, I think defensive line or maybe even a center or center is a little reaching at that point. Um, but, you know, there's a bunch of defensive line guys, defensive ends, uh, Nolan Smith, Brian Brees, Luke Van Ness, Andre, Andre Carter, B.J. Ojolari. Um, so there's a lot of options at 20. And I think they really want to solidify their defensive end depth. Um, so I think that's just where they go here. Um, but also I could see a complete wild card here. Like, you know what they do. Yeah. Yeah. They're one of the harder teams to predict without question. Mm-hmm. Ben, who helped themselves the most at the combine? Uh, Anthony Richardson definitely stands out to me as somebody on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, he dominated in the 40, dominated in the broad jump, the vertical. Everything that he could have dominated, he dominated. Um, and the biggest question now is whether these, you know, physical traits can help him become a, you know, a good quarterback in the NFL. Um, but I think, you know, with just that combine, it definitely 
you know, just jumped him almost in that first pick overall. So we'll see what happens. Um, two other guys that stood out to me in the combine were Zach Kuntz, yeah. uh, tight end, Old Dominion. Uh, yep, yeah, Old Dominion, baby, Monarchs. Uh, this guy had a huge combine, 4 5, 5 40, uh, 40 inch vert, 10 8. Almost a tw- uh, eleven foot broad, twenty three bench reps, um, measured in at six seven and like two hundred and fifty pounds. So he's going to be an interesting. The, the uh, yeah, he's going to be an interesting prospect for the DKFL coming up here. Um, now on the defensive side, um, there was a defensive tackle out of Pitt, Kalijah Cansey, I think is his name. Um, mm-hmm. He's 280 pounds, and he ran a 4.6740, uh, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, so he's going to be an interesting. He's he's like he's kind of like Aaron Donald, not not quite as big, I would say, not as quite as strong, but not as quite as dynamic. But same similar build and similar explos- and explosiveness. So he'll be an interesting player. Absolutely. Yeah, I threw down Nolan Smith just as an obvious one. Everyone talked about it. I can't say, you know, Georgia obviously has a million studs on defense. I can't say I remember Nolan Smith particularly, um, but was just tremendous. I don't have any numbers, but I know the 40-yard dash was insane. The broad jump, the vertical jump, all that stuff was kind of off the charts. He clearly moved from someone that was probably more of a second rounder to probably a first round lock. Um, yeah. and kind of threw his name in with a lot of the other edge rushers. He was injured. I know he tore his pec or, or did something to his pec last year. Um, Richardson and Stroud were awesome, in my opinion. Um, I think the fact that they chose to throw at the combine, Bryce Young didn't, only helps their case um, against him kind of in, in the, the battle there. I don't remember a whole lot from Levis from the combine as far as his, his throwing. Um, and then Darnell Washington, just wanted to mention him, just an absolute dog from Georgia, yeah. the tight end. Crazy measurables, solid speed, the drills look good, all of the above. Um, and so he definitely looks like a, a guy at tight end. On the other end of the spectrum, who hurt themselves the most? I'll get my answer out of the way because I did not do a lot of research. I'm too lazy to look it up. Uh, but I said Michael Meyer, uh, the tight end from Notre Dame, because fuck white people and fuck Notre Dame. Yep. Um, and I also know that he didn't run as fast of a 40 as maybe some people would have liked. But I don't have that number in front of me. Uh, I picked Kayshawn Boutte, uh, LSU wide receiver. Uh, it's been a weird, weird season for him. Um, you know, had a very down season, I would say. Uh, had some questions towards the end of the season about his uh, off the field issues, I would say. Um, and then he ran just a four or five at 190 pounds and only had a 29 inch vertical. Um, was definitely looking for like a four four faster and probably like a 30 plus inch vertical. So had a chance to vastly improve his draft slot. He was definitely already sliding, but now he's probably going to slide even more. And yeah. So Keishon Buta. Keishon. Yeah. He's, he's in an interesting spot. That's for sure. Yeah. All right, Ben, who are your top five prospects overall in the upcoming NFL draft? Yeah, so I'll just be honest with you. I didn't put Will Anderson on this list. Uh, I think he'd be number six. On purpose or no? On purpose. He's probably number six for me. I'm not the biggest Will Anderson fan. A lot of people think that, you know, it is. 
I'm probably going to be completely wrong, but we'll see what happens. But anyways, this is my top five. Uh, <clears throat> I'm a big Jalen Carter fan. He's number one for me. I think he's the best player in this draft. Um, he is going to be a, you know, just, I think almost like a Warren Sapp as kind of player, a defensive tackle uh, for like, you know, 10 plus years in this league. He's going to just cause mayhem all over the place. Um, so I like him a lot. Number two for me is Bryce Young. Uh, this is very close for number three, which is CJ Stroud. These two are like literally, you know, 2A, 2B for me uh, overall. Uh, it could be flip flopped either, you know, any day of the week. Uh, Bryce Young, I think, player. Uh, we've seen him do some. Um, escape some crazy pressure and make some just absolute diamond throws, you know, across all sorts of angles and stuff like that. Um, the biggest, you know, concern is that his size. Um, so that will be intriguing to see what happens there. CJ Stroud, I was a little down on at first, but um, he really started rising up my radar as he started playing better teams throughout the season and really impressing me impressing everyone, um, making some just huge throws, hanging in the pocket. Um, he's a bigger statue than Bryce Young. Uh, he's got the accuracy. He's got the poise. He's got the mobility to make plays. So C.J. Stroud is really high for me as well, number three. Uh, number four is Tyree Wilson, defensive end at Texas Tech. I'm probably a little higher on him than most, but he's in like something like that 250 i think that he has a chance to be a dynamic edge rusher in this game um so i'm interested to see where he goes and then number five is devin witherspoon the cornerback at illinois Mm -hmm. Uh, kind of a fast riser i would say uh but i would say the draft knicks i'm not calling myself draft nick by the way but the draft well thank you the draft knicks really knew about him before like you know the season started um, right. You know, Illinois, not a great football program. They had a decent year this year with Bolima at the helm. Shout out, uh, who was that old coach there? Oh, Ron Zook. Lovey Smith. Oh, Ron Zook. I was going to say Zook. That guy was a stud back then. But uh, Devin Winspoon, physical cornerback, um, lockdown kind of guy. He is just. Love that. Absolutely love it, Ben. Um, I'll make it quick. Number one, CJ Stroud. I think him and Bryce Young are very similar and always had been in college. They do different things, don't get me wrong, but just the size difference um, is really kind of what pushes Stroud slightly ahead of Bryce Young for me. Young's amazing. There's a certain lack. It factor is not the right word, but there's just something when I watch him sometimes – I just remember I was like, okay, he's definitely good. I don't know. There's just something a little bit missing. I don't know exactly what it is. Um, Maybe it was just his his slight stature that had me a little bit worried. I don't know. I have Will Anderson, number two. I have Jalen Carter, number three. I have nothing to say about that. They're just defensive players that everyone seems to love. Um, Will Anderson seemingly would have been the number one pick last year had he entered, so I'm just taking a shot on that. Bijan Robinson, number four. He is awesome. Definitely have watched him. Hook him horns. Um, everyone says that, but just a great running back. It's going to be really fun to see where he lands. 
And then five is Bryce Young for me, so not too far uh, of a fall. So two quarterbacks, one running back, a couple of defensive players there. I just don't know a lot of – like I, I like the idea of Devin Witherspoon, but it's all just based on what I read, right, with some of these defensive players or offensive tackles or things like that. I just don't know so much. Honorable mention, Osiris Torrance going to be an absolute stud at guard somewhere in the league. Last question, Ben. According to Will's swag chart, what players from this draft are the highest and lowest on it? You want me to go first or you? Uh, go ahead. We we basically have the same. I was going to say, we have some overlaps here, yeah. <laughs> so, Will Levis, obviously, absolute trash, white person from Kentucky. Luke Van Ness, white DN from Iowa, no swag whatsoever. You literally can't go to the University of Iowa and also have swag. Those two things do not coexist. Uh, I have Michael Meyer on my list. Actually, you did as well. White dead end from Notre Dame. Fuck off. Uh, and then the last one, last couple I threw in there, Dalton. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, you know, tight end from Utah. Just <laughs> that, that's pretty much all I need to say. And then there is a white court cornerback from Iowa yeah. again. White that's, playing a position you shouldn't be. Iowa. Like yeah. yeah you, those yeah. just, you can't, it's impossible to have swag by combining those things. So yeah. that's definitely the lowest. About the highest on your end, Ben. Uh, have you ever seen, by the way, have you ever seen Will Levis, like, eat, uh, uh, he puts mayo in his, in his, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, coffee. In, his, in his coffee? Yeah, it's really disgusting. No, I haven't seen it, but he's sketch. Everything about him is sketch, Ben. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, my high, you want to hear my highest or my lowest? Highest, because our lowest are the same. Yeah, our lowest is the same, you're right. Uh, our highest, it's kind of overlaps here as well. Uh, highest is Keishon Boudé because supposedly he had like an orgy during bowl week last week or during last season. I'm sure that like that that automatically raises yeah. you a little swag chart. Um, yeah. Anthony Richardson for just you know being yeah. Anthony Richardson. Obvious reason. Uh, Jalen Carter for you know being arrested, nearly committing murder, and you know like all that sort of stuff. So racing yeah. and. Just kind, of, just kind of being like a general, like kind of a bad person, you know. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which is which yeah. is swag. Yeah. So swag. Uh. So yeah, that just you know, I know you got a couple more. So yeah. So I've got some yeah, overlap sure. there. I think Jameer Gibbs. I think that's just. I don't know a lot about Jameer Gibbs. It just seems like he, you know, obviously William loves since the OG draft. A lot of people compare Gibbs to Kamara, even though he's slightly smaller. Just seems like an obvious fit. Quentin Johnson was the other one. Just dreaded big receiver from TCU. Like, I mean, he'd be high on my swag rankings, quite frankly. He's sick. Um, Jalen Carter I had on there. Anthony Richardson I had on there. And then, you know, quick shout out to Justin Ross once again. You know, he ran he ran up that hill so hard. Um, and he has so much swagger just by, you know, going through everything that he's gone through. And, and to still be running up hills, we're just, we're just so proud of him, you know. Shout out, Will. Shout out, Will. And, and and you know what? One one more guy I'll add here, Ben. Um, that'd be Rico Gathers, one of the greatest oh, ends to ever do it. Great, a massive great inspiration call. in our lives. Um, ben, thanks for spending time with me. We went hard it's on that fun. long ass podcast. Go Miami, go San Diego State. Let's have a beautiful fucking night, huh, Ben? Love it. Adios. Peace on earth.